Today is Good Friday. It's the day we remember when Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross for all of humanity. Besides Christmas and Easter, it's no doubt the most revered and even loved day of the year. It's a special day. It's a powerful day because it's the day when Jesus said, I forgive you. And he paid a tremendous price to forgive our sins. I'm Pastor Greg Winschlag. I'd like to welcome you to Life 66 on this very, very special Good Friday day. It's a powerful thing to realize the forgiveness of God. And in regard to that forgiveness, it touches every one of us because we've all failed. We've all broken promises. We've all let ourselves and others down. We've all felt like we've just blown it. And we could even think that we're a lost cause. I know I felt that way many times, especially with God. How could God love me after all I've done? How could He forgive me after so many times of just acting in rebellion against Him? How many times have I said, I'll never do that again, and then I do it again anyway? How many times have I just looked Him, you know, figuratively straight in the eye and then just done exactly the opposite of what I know he wants me to do. You know, we've all felt like failures at times. We've all felt like, how could God love us? How could God forgive us? How could he even, you know, stomach us sometimes? I know I feel that way. But you know, Good Friday reminds us that he paid a tremendous price for forgiveness. He doesn't just forgive us like it's some flippant thing, there was a cost attached to that forgiveness. And it was the cost of his life, the cost of his sacrifice on the cross. And it's on this day, this Good Friday, that I want to recall one of the most amazing forgiveness stories in all of the Bible. It's a story of Peter. Peter was one of Jesus's closest disciples. Out of the 12 disciples, there were three, Peter, James, and John, that were the closest to Jesus. He often called those three apart from the other 12, uh, to be with him. And we see later on in Scripture that those three played pivotal roles in leadership of the growing church. Well, Peter was, was an outspoken person. He was a man's man, a fisherman, rugged guy, and often a person that would step out and say things when other people were afraid to say it. And in doing so, he sometimes said the wrong thing, and he sometimes um, you know, found himself in trouble uh, with stepping out. But at least he had the courage to do so. Sometimes when we step out like that, we do fail. And Peter is such a great example of what not to do many times. So as we get close to Jesus approaching the day when he'd give his life, he brings the disciples and has a supper with them. We know it as the Last Supper, that celebration of the Passover. And during that supper, he washes the disciples' feet and tells them that he's going to go away. And when he tells them that, they're nervous and they're afraid and they're upset. And it it causes them just to go into kind of a emotional panic. You know, where's he going? What's he going to do? How come he's leaving us? What's going to happen to us? You know, type feelings flood them. So they decide to leave that place and they go to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And on the way, Jesus says to them, you know, you're all going to leave me you're all going to fall away. And Peter, of course, is the first one and steps up and says, I'll never fall away. Even if the others leave you, I'll never leave you. 
And Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, I got to tell you this, but tonight, this very night, you're going to deny you even know me three times. And Peter looked right back at him and with all boldness said, that's not going to happen. If I have to die for you, I'll die for you. I'll never disown you. I'll die before I disown you. Jesus left it at that. Have you ever made promises to God? Have you ever told him, if anybody else fails, I'm not going to. No matter what happens, I'm going to stay true. I'm going to be the one who's going to stand by my word and stand by the truth, and I'm not going to deny God. Well, it was just literally a few minutes later, Jesus asks his disciples to pray with him in the garden, and he pulls Peter, James, and John along with him and Before you know it, he's praying and everybody else is asleep. And Jesus has to go back two different times, three different times, and wake them up to say, can you guys not even stick with me this much? But they're tired and they all fall asleep, Peter being one of them. In that garden scene is when the soldiers come, prompted by Judas Iscariot's betrayal, and they come to arrest Jesus. And when they come to arrest him, one of the uh, servants along with the with the arresting party is there, and Peter reaches out with his sword and and takes a swing at one of uh, at this man, misses his mark and just cuts his ear off. Jesus heals the man, but tells Peter to put his sword back in its sheath. So there's this really strange, you know, back and forth in the mind of Peter that I'll die for you, yet I can't stay awake when you need me. I'll, I'll defend you when the the authorities come to arrest you. It's just, just, have you ever been that way? I, I read this part of Peter's life and I said, that's me. That's totally me. One moment I'm bold, the next morning, moment I'm weak. One moment I'm standing strong, the next moment I, I can't stand up. And that's really Peter's life. Jesus does get arrested and Peter and John, they follow along from a distance, but they follow. And as Jesus is being interrogated, a young girl approaches Peter and says, weren't you weren't you with Jesus? Aren't you one of his disciples? Peter looks at her and he denies it. He says, I don't even know the man. To a young girl, how's he supposed to stand before, you know, major opposition and he he can't stand up before a teenager? Again, a little while later, she asks him the same question that night. And again, he says, I told you, I don't even know him. And then a third time, others gathered and said, I think he was one of the disciples. And the Bible says that he began to curse and swear and say, I told you, I don't even know who he is. At that moment, as Jesus had predicted, a rooster crowed. And one of the gospels says that, and Jesus looked right at him. The eyes of the knowing God looked right into the soul of Peter as if to say, Peter, I told you. I told you, you disowned me. And in that moment, Peter ran out in his failure. He ran out and wept bitterly. He was crushed by his denial. And the rest of the crucifixion scene, some women were there by the cross. John, the the disciple, was by the cross. Not Peter. One of Jesus' closest friends, he wasn't there. You ever let anybody down? You ever let people you love down? When they needed you, you weren't there. You ever told God you wouldn't deny him? And then you turn right around and do that very thing. I know I have. I hate to admit it, but it's the truth. And at times I've stood strong for the Lord and I've stood and 
in the face of opposition and, and been bold. Other times, there's just been a weakening and a crumpling underneath the pressure. I'm thankful for Peter because it shows me that everybody's susceptible to that kind of weakening. But you know, Jesus in the majesty and the glory of Good Friday tells us that we're not a lost cause. No matter how many times we've failed, no matter how many times we've made a promise, and, and that promise is a bold promise and a strong promise like Peter's, I'll never deny you. I'll even die before I deny you. And even in the garden when he tries to show that off and whips out his sword to defend the Lord, even then, in the midst of all of that, he still denied him. I know I've done that. Have you done that? You feel so lost. You feel so empty. You feel like such a failure. You feel like you've just let the Lord down in such a major way. Well, I'm so glad for Good Friday because Jesus' death on the cross was all for the forgiveness of our sins, knowing ahead of time. Jesus knew before we committed those sins that we would fail. He knew before we would let him down. Jesus told Peter before it happened that he would do it, yet he still loved him, yet he still walked with him, yet he still wanted him with him. Today, if you're a person who feels like a lost cause, you feel like you've let the Lord down just too many times, you've denied him, you've resisted him, even when you thought you would stand firm and you didn't, I want to tell you today that you're not a lost cause. Jesus dies that very next day after the scene in the garden, after Peter's denial, Peter ran off broken, weeping, devastated. He couldn't, he wasn't even there when Jesus hung on the cross. Well, Jesus was buried in a tomb. But three days later, the ladies, some of the women went down to the tomb to redress the body, to put some ointment and some spices on the body. And when they were there, they met with the scene that they couldn't have believed. The stone was rolled away, rolled away from the mouth of the tomb. And inside was an angel. And the ladies uh, were, were, were amazed at what they had seen. And the angel says to them, why have you come to look for the living among the dead? And they said, why don't you go back and tell the disciples? But here's the magic word. The angel said to these ladies, why don't you go back and tell the disciples and Peter? And Peter. Maybe two of the biggest redemptive words in all of Scripture. See, why did, it, why did the angel say it that way? Peter was one of the disciples. It makes sense for him just to say, go tell the disciples. And Peter's included in that group. But no, there's the addition of the words. God making sure that this statement is made. Go tell the disciples and Peter. If you're going to tell anybody that I'm alive, if you're going to tell anybody that Jesus is alive, I want you to go and tell the disciples that it's okay. Go tell them that, yes, I died on a cross. Go tell them that Jesus suffered, but, but go tell those disciples that I'm alive and that the, 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 the work is done. It's finished. But make sure you tell Peter. Make sure you tell that guy. Because I know he's hurting. Out of all the disciples, he's the one that needs to know, most of all, that I'm not dead. It's not over. 
He's not a lost cause. You see, when Peter had denied him, and then Jesus died on the cross, what do you think Peter felt? The last words he spoke to his Savior, the last interaction he had with his Savior was Peter saying, I don't even know the man. And Pete, and Jesus looking right at him, that was the last memory that Peter thought he had. And he went away and then realized Jesus died on the cross. How do you think he felt? There's no way to make that right. There's no way to, to say, I'm sorry. There's no way to ask for forgiveness. It's over. But when Jesus rose from the grave and the, and the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter, make sure that he knows it's going to be all right. He's not a lost cause. Make sure that he knows that those last words are not the last words he's going to speak to me, that I'm going to restore him. I'm going to use him. I'm going to do something in his life that he never thought possible. He's not a castaway. He's not a lost cause. He's not a loser. Go tell the disciples. But if you're going to tell anybody, tell Peter. I need that today. Do you need that today? When you felt like you've just not measured up, you've just been just like him, and there's no way to repair the the missteps and the failures of the past. There's no way to make it right. Well, I want to tell you that the cross makes it right. And all we have to do is listen to the voice because he's saying your name. He's saying, go tell the disciples and, and, and put your name in there. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. That we're not a lost cause. Oh, we're a mess, that's for sure. And the only reason we're not a lost cause is not because we're anything, but it's because Jesus is everything. It's not because we're a big deal, because he's the only deal. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. And most of all, He's our supreme sacrifice, the substitute that stood in our place. You're not a lost cause today because of the work of Jesus on Good Friday. And because, as we'll celebrate in a couple of days, the resurrection, the empty tomb. Go tell the disciples, I'm alive. Go tell the disciples, it's not over. Go tell the disciples, there's more to come. But if you tell anybody, tell Peter. Peter, it's not over. Your denial wasn't the end of the story. It's just the beginning. Your denial of me, even amidst all the brash words, that's not the conclusion. That's the foundation on which you will build your life and ministry. Go tell the disciples. But if you're going to tell anybody, tell Peter. You know, Peter did learn from that day. He learned. God used him on the day of Pentecost as the Holy Spirit fell on those who listened in Acts chapter 2, and Peter preached the sermon that, that birthed the church. And later on in his life, Peter stood bold. He didn't deny his Savior. And when it came time for him to be martyred on a cross, Peter said, I'm not worthy to be crucified as my Lord was crucified. And so instead, they crucified him upside down. Peter learned when he heard those words, Go tell the disciples. When the ladies came and told Peter, he learned. I hope we'll learn today. No matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've failed, no matter how many times you've promised, I'll never do that again. I'll never act that way again. I'll never say that again. No matter how many times, hear the voice of the Lord say, you're not a lost cause. 
You're not. The cross of Jesus Christ heals and saves. Let's start again. Let's make this a new day. Let's take this Good Friday and make it the first day of the rest of our life, the first day of our faithfulness. And let's, let's stand today and hear the voice. Hear the voice of God. You're not a lost cause. I love Good Friday. It's not a story of defeat. It's a story of victory. It's the greatest victory of all time because it's the day that you and I have our sin removed, have our failure removed, and we get restored by the love and faithfulness and grace of our Lord Jesus. I'm so glad for his grace and mercy. Let's remember this today. I know I do every Good Friday. I hear God say, Go tell, go tell the disciples, but tell Greg, because I need to hear that. He's still with me. He's still with you. God bless you on this Passover weekend, celebrating Good Friday and Easter. I hope that you will allow the Lord Jesus to draw closer to you than you've ever let him draw. I hope that you will draw closer to him than you've ever been. And most of all, don't let the things of the past rob you of the glory of the future. That the Lord is with you. He's forgiven you. He said it is finished. All the sin, all the past, all the mistakes wiped away. You are not a lost cause. You are a son and daughter of God. Let's enjoy that. Let's revel in it. Let's glorify God with it. And let's worship him for doing that work. You are very, very loved because God loved us first. Thanks for listening hope this is an encouragement to you. Let's go on living according to God's life 66. God bless you. This is Pastor Greg. Talk to you next time.